Hi, this is Michelle Karen De Silva and you're listening to the Unravel podcast, a place for women to engage, encourage and edify one another to passionately live out their purpose and destiny in Jesus Christ. So grab a cup of coffee as we chat about all that's raw and real, broken and beautiful, from faith to family, vocation to wardrobes, and everything else in between that God is using of our stories to make His story known. Hello and welcome again to the Unravel podcast. In John 3.16, it says God so loved the world that He gave. This very popular biblical verse can easily run through our brains without much thought. But do we really understand what it means for God to give us His Son? And I think more importantly, it is for us to ask that question, how do we live in the reality of John 3.16? We're going to see this in today's podcast. Have you ever had the experience of reading a scene from a novel or a movie and feeling like you were part of it? Like it was in some ways your own story? This has certainly been my experience, friends. And I believe it is because, you know, our lives, after all, tells a story. But we also know that no two stories are the same. As you know, we are so different from one another. Each of us, you know, we come from different backgrounds. Our cultures are different. Our experiences are different. Even our failures, they are ours. They belong to us uniquely and distinctly. But is there any common element that runs through all of our stories an element that we can see just about in every life story, there is one. And we may not think of it, you know, just autonomously, but the Christian message, friends, really introduces a story of its own. And if it is indeed true, it's a story that explains the plot of each and every human life story. And what is this plot? It's the plot of a love story a story of God's personal and relentless love for us. It's a story of God's pursuit of our wandering hearts. It's a story of God stooping down to elevate us. It's a story of God's love for us individually and collectively. God seeking to win our hearts again and again and again. We know that famous verse in the Bible, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That he gave. And you know, we live in a world where we struggle to give, isn't it? Rather, we find ourselves grabbing rather than giving. We grab attention. We grab affection. We grab affirmation. We grab validation. Think about our lives on social media platforms and how they often cause us to become fixated with likes and shares and views. The temptation to grab attention because of the fear of missing out or the fear of being left out or rejected or criticized is very, very real. Every single day, we feel a desire within us to shape our lives or to change the way we are, you know, or change the, you know, what we do based on the praise or the criticism of people. But you see, at the root of our desire to please others is actually self-love. It's also known as pride. 
The sting we feel when others criticize us or mock us is actually a reflection of our love for self. And so when we don't get what we want, when we are ignored, we instantly feel that pain because of the love for self. And so how do we overcome this malady? How do we overcome the sickness of pleasing people? John 3.16 invites us today to come to the cross, to come to the one who gives himself for us completely, completely without reserve. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. In those moments when we forget that we are loved, God so loved the world that he gave. He loved us when we had nothing to give back. In those situations when we fight to be validated, God so loved the world that he gave, which means nothing that we can do can make God validate us more or even less. We are already approved by him. We are already validated by him. In those times when we want to change the way we look, the way we dress, the way we speak, just so we can be accepted, God so loved the world that he gave and he gave well after looking at the worst version of us. You see, my dear friends, we live in a world that takes from us. We live in a world that teaches us to grab our worth, in a world that tells us that we must press on to be perfect, to be first in everything. God so loved the world that he gave when we had nothing to measure to his standards. If you've read the book, The Chronicles of Narnia, which is, by the way, a fantastic book, by C.S. Lewis, there's a part in the story, you know, when Lucy finds out that Aslan is a lion. And so she asks, is he tame? Is he tame? And the people of Narnia say, oh, no, no, he's not tame, but he is good. He's good. And I love how Bishop Barron puts it. He says, you know, this man on the cross, we tend to sanitize, we tend to domesticate him sometimes. I think we found a common place for the cross in our lives. But Jesus on the cross, he says, oh, he's a warrior. He's a warrior that has come to do battle with all the forces of darkness. Everything that keeps us away from the light. Everything that keeps us away from being fully alive. You see, my dear friends, Satan's whole plan is disarmed in the stripping of this man on the cross who takes upon himself our sin and our shame to set us free. It is war on the cross fought on our behalf. It is war on the cross and the cross wins because love wins. Everything that frightens us, everything that causes us to hide from the face of God is swallowed by the enormity of this love. You see, my dear friends, the cross itself cannot save us. It is the person on it that does. The person who died on it that makes it possible for any of us to have any hope in our circumstances. God so loved the world that he gave. God did not give us a perfect angel. He did not give us a holy prophet. He gave us the very best. He gave us himself he gave us his son. Do we hear it in the Gospels that they had to drag Jesus to the cross? That he refused to come to the cross and hence they inflicted pain? No. The Gospel truth is that Jesus willfully went to the cross. We call it kenosis, self-emptying love. Mocked and stripped, 
naked and scoffed at, derided, humiliated, abandoned by all, and exposed for the world to laugh at. Isaiah 53 tells us his body was so brutally broken, his face was so marred that he hardly looked human. And so we ask ourselves today, if God can choose to die for me this way, what does that say about me? What does that say about you? It tells me I have worth. It tells me no one can call me worthless. The cross of Christ is my worth. My sin does not define me. My past does not define me. The cross of Christ defines me and the cross of Christ defines you. Regardless of what has happened in your life, your sin, my dear friends, is not beyond repair and your situation is not beyond hope. And so as a sister in Christ, I encourage you today and I challenge you to look at your life. Look at where you are. Look at all of the ways you're trying to grab from this world just to be loved, just to be accepted. Look at all of the ways you're giving yourself away, giving your bodies just to have worth, just to be validated. Come to the cross of Christ. We are invited to look unto him, he who hangs there. See the cross and see his hands and see his feet tied and nailed. Friends, he can take nothing from you. All those moments when you think God is a killjoy. God takes from me. He takes my freedom. He takes my rules. He takes all of those things that mean well for me. He takes nothing from us. He can only give. See him call you out from where you are to where you must be. Hear him calling you out from the painful circumstances of your life, from the hard, broken circumstances of your life, whispering to you his mercy in your suffering. You see, my dear friends, God is the ultimate author of our lives. The cross of Jesus Christ is our hope. The cross of Jesus Christ in God's story is what makes ultimate sense of our own circumstances and it brings perspective to our own broken stories. As one author puts it so beautifully, our life could be the very poetry of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever Whosoever, regardless of who you are, regardless of what has happened to you, regardless of what you've done, regardless of where you come from, whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have life and life eternal, life everlasting, life abundant. Amen. Amen.